the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Dave Ramsey of the Dave Ramsey Show. Heard weekdays at 5 on Business 1440, KYCR, Golden Valley, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Little Rock police say they are investigating a shooting at an Arkansas nightclub that left 17 people injured. They said today via Twitter the shooting early today took place at the Power Ultra Lounge. It appears to have happened during a dispute at the concert, and they're stressing that at this point there's no reason to believe it has anything to do with terrorism, but rather uh, simply a dispute that broke out inside the club. A doctor who used to work at a Bronx hospital returned with a rifle hidden under his white lab coat yesterday in open fire, killing a doctor and injuring other people as well. Ronaldo Del Villar says he was waiting for treatment in the emergency room at the time. I never expect to have that in my life because I was really scared. Just a lot of police officers over there, but they didn't explain uh, what was going on. And the gunfire broke out yesterday about 3 o'clock local time inside the Bronx Lebanon Hospital. This is SRN News. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. It takes a lot of courage to face your own death, but I'm glad I finally did. See, I was putting off getting life insurance to protect my family, even though I knew it was important. Then my neighbor's husband died. I watched her struggle emotionally and financially. It really made me face reality. If my husband died, how would I pay the mortgage, the car payments, or keep up the life the kids and I had? I realized I needed to get us life insurance right away. So I called AIG Direct. In less than five minutes, I had a quote. I was shocked at how affordable it is. Just $14 a month for $250,000 of term life coverage. I feel so much better knowing my family has protection. Call AIG Direct right now for a free no-obligation quote. The call takes less than five minutes, and you can save up to 70%. Call now, 1-800-458-3263. That's 1-800-458-3263. 1-800-458-3263. Message and data rates may apply. Hi, I'm Frank Thomas. When I was playing ball, they called me the big hurt. But after I left the game, Mother Nature started putting a big hurt on me. I just couldn't stay in shape like I used to. Turns out, it wasn't my fault. Once you hit 40, your body has less free testosterone, and that can make it harder to get into shape. But luckily, I found out about Nugenics. Nugenics is a unique man-boosting formula powered by Testofen, a patented key ingredient clinically researched to help boost your free testosterone levels. Get a complimentary bottle now by texting PRIME11 to 321-321. With Nugenics, you can feel stronger, leaner, with a lot more stamina and energy. And guys, she'll like the difference, too. Nugenics is GNC's number one selling men's vitality product. Get a complimentary bottle now by texting PRIME11 to 321321. Nugenics samples are not available in stores. So again, text PRIME11 to 321321. Up next on the King Banyan Show, King wonders aloud if anyone is listening. Welcome back, King Banyan Show. This is 1440. Where the internet is trying to prove that it's it needs $15 an hour. Uh, uh, happy 4th to you. Happy 150th birthday, Canada. Um, happy 20th, or hope you're getting along, Hong Kong. Um, gosh, thing, you know, that... That's not so good. Hey, it's my pleasure to bring to you for the for the first time to Business fourteen forty, um, and you, you'll tell that he's 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 not exactly from here. Um, John Phelan, an economist with the Center of American Experiment, um, and um, just got a chance to finally meet him about uh, a couple of weeks ago. And and John, good morning and welcome. 
Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Uh, we're delighted you're here. Um, when did you start at the center, John? Uh, it was a month ago yesterday, actually. So uh, pretty new there. Yeah, oh, wow, that's that's wonderful. And and, and as I told the listeners, um, you're not exactly fr- from uh, Minnesota. You don't quite have that Minnesota accent down yet. Um, uh, you'll develop yet, it over time. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Well, I, I, yeah, and 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 so anyway, welcome. We're glad you're here. Um, John, um, I don't know if this, I think you actually had a piece before this one in the Star Tribune, If this, but if the one on Thursday is the kind of things you're going to be writing for the center, oh my goodness, are we glad you're here. Uh, Thank you. That's a really, it's a really, really great piece um, discussing uh, the minimum wage uh, law that was being voted on yesterday. And you provided some evidence that was created by a group of economists at the University of Washington. Um, uh, would you discuss uh, for us first, um, uh, sort of, what led you to look at the uh, wa- look at this study from the University of Washington and how it related? Well, uh, with the debates in Minneapolis about raising the minimum wage to fifteen dollars an hour, um, both sides on the debate have, have looked very sort of eagerly to Seattle to see what's happening there because they've been uh, raising the minimum wage up to $13 an hour, which is pretty high um, by the, uh, by national standards. And they've been raising that gradually over time. So it does provide, you know, some uh, a good kind of experiment and, and a good uh, set of data to look at. And different people have been looking at this. Um, I think it was just last week um, that a study emerged from uh, the University of California, Berkeley, um, which said that uh, it said it looked at uh, the effect of the minimum wage in Seattle and found that uh, pay had risen, um, which was the aim of the policy, but that employment hadn't fallen. And this was trumpeted quite loudly by uh, Seattle City Council as evidence that their policy had worked exactly as they wanted it to. Um, and then um, a few days after, at the start of uh, this week, um, on Monday, I think it was, uh, the second study came out from economists at the University of Washington that said that pay had gone up in Seattle, but the hours had gone down by a greater share. So the overall monthly pay had fallen uh, by $125, and that's uh, $1,500 a year, which is uh, quite considerable if you're a worker who's you know kind of about that wage. Yeah. Um, so it was, cert- it was certainly interesting to look at the Washington study, and uh, when you look at the methodological differences between that one and the previous one, um, it turns out that the PS1 focuses just on um, uh, employment in the fast food sector as a proxy for these low-wage workers, whereas the uh, second set of economists at the University of Washington were able to actually look um, via a data set from the state itself at low-wage workers and to isolate them. Right, and and I, I'm going to have I'm going to have to give a, a not necessarily a disclaimer, but maybe just for full disclosure. I know the lead author of the Washington study. So, um, okay. I, I, he, he, he used to be at Duke. He's now at the university of Washington, uh, Jacob Vigdor. Uh, and Jake is a, Jake is a very fine, very fine economist. And I can tell you also, um, he probably wouldn't have the same political ideology that you and I do, John, hmm. so, which makes it even the more interesting to me. He's, he's, he's a pretty neutral. I mean, I don't actually know what his politics are, but I'm pretty sure he's, He's not an outspoken, raving conservative, which would be interesting because why would why would why would Seattle have uh, licensed a study by somebody from the University of Washington if it turned out they were a raving conservative, right? Indeed. Yeah. Well, so it's, in- so it's interesting. I think. Sorry. Go ahead. Well, you have the two studies. There was the study that came out uh, just to start of this week, and I said it came out last week. Um, and when the the first study came out, it, it, the, the Berkeley one. And there is a note yeah. on there that says, thanks for commissioning us to the mayor of Seattle, which is kind of odd, considering that uh, they'd already commissioned these Washington economists. Um, so they, they commissioned both sets of reports, and it, it's kind of odd that, uh, that they went out and commissioned the Berkeley one when they'd already commissioned the Washington one. Well, apparently the story, and this is from Hot Air, uh, the story is that they had seen a first draft of the Washington study. And yeah. uh, it's report, and then it was reported that um, they quickly went to uh, this fellow at Berkeley, who uh, again, I, I, now I don't know the, uh, I don't know personally the, per, the 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 author of the Berkeley study. I do know that he was at one time 
um, either president or, pres- or, or vice president of the Union of Radical Political Economists, which is a, which is a yeah. group of folks that you would, you would consider, I, I, I hesitate to use the word Marxist, but, but there are certainly people who are friendly to uh, more socialist policies. Um, than, than, than would be than otherwise. Uh, but, they, but Fox News did report that, uh, uh, that, uh, that this uh, councilwoman, Shama Sawant, um, had said, the moment we saw it was based on flawed methodology and was going to be unreliable. The Victor study no longer speaks for City Hall. Now, Sawant herself taught economics at a community college in seattle and ran for office as a socialist and so they yeah. went and go get this guy uh, um michael reich and again i don't know michael reich i have no uh, i i have no idea i have no idea you know what his cv is i do know victor and i will say i will say again that that i've been i actually have been on a panel with victor and i, I and that's how i know him and so i and and the work he did for that panel i thought was pretty was was first rate uh, economics. So, so I mean, I think this is important. Yesterday, when they voted to pass this bill, John, they uh, there was an amendment offered and passed that said, for firms under a hundred workers, the phase into fifteen dollars was now going to be over seven years, rather mm-hmm. than the five year phase in that was originally proposed. Your work and the work in this Washington study basically says the length of that phase in doesn't matter. Could you elaborate on that, please? Well, yeah. I mean, what matters uh, for for wages really is um, the employer's estimates of what the worker will uh, add to their turnover. Um, and if that estimate doesn't rise, uh, then the wage won't rise above that. Um, so if, if a worker, for example, if an employer thinks that they are going to generate $10 an hour for revenue, um, the wage will not rise above that, no matter what people in City Hall might sit there and, and decree. Um, and the simple reason is that if, a wor- if an employer thinks that uh, a worker is going to add $10 an hour of value to their business, um, to their turnover, but it's going to cost them $15 an hour to hire them, well, then they'll be losing $5 an hour on the hire. And no business is going to hire people at a, at a cost, you know, at a net cost. Um, because they wouldn't be in business very long if they did that. So what really matters is uh, raising the, the uh, employer's estimate of, product, of the worker's productivity. Now that ties into all sorts of things. Uh, that ties into worker training. It ties into the capital available to the worker. Um, it also ties into kind of you know, supply-side things, uh, the, the freedom of the employer to, to deploy the labor. But um, unless you raise that figure, then it doesn't matter what number you raise it to. Right. So... so it, it, it... So at some point, so it, it strikes me first of all that the, that that decision to face it in over seven years rather than five is an admission that it's harmful to businesses, right? Absolutely. There's also a, a training wage uh, uh, um, exemption in the uh, in the Minneapolis ordinance, uh, which says that if you've just hired workers, I think it's the first two months, um, they are you can pay them a lower wage. Well, that then it, it, that's an implicit admission that different workers have different levels of productivity. And if different workers have different levels of productivity, then there will be different wage rates. And these wage rates should not be set by politicians uh, sitting in uh, you know, the legislature somewhere. They should really be set by the workers and the employers, the people who have the relevant knowledge on the ground. Yeah, that's a brilliant point, John. Uh, we're visiting with John Phelan, economist from uh, the Center of the American Experiment here in Minneapolis, uh, talking about Minneapolis yesterday passing its minimum wage ordinance here on the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Um, John, so, the, 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 so there is a training wage. There's this, this, this step increase. You know, as you think about as you think about this and think about I had someone email me yesterday and said, what do you think the impact will be? You know, we, you and I both know because we both have read this literature that there are studies out there that say minimum wages do not raise, um, do not raise unemployment among low income workers. Um, which I think is an interesting, interesting way to think about it because basically what the Washington study said is, it's really not employment that we're concerned about. It's income, yeah. um, right? But let's think about other Absolutely. things. I mean, I mean, there's other things that I enjoy at a job, right? Uh, 
I, I mean, think of think. So I, someone said, what else was is likely to happen? And I said, and so I started to list other things that I had in my head, which was, okay, I'm going to spend less on training those workers so they could earn more later, right? I'm going to yeah. spend, I, I'm going to, you know, I could imagine uh, shortening their breaks because I need to extract more, more productivity from them. I could imagine. I could imagine um, if they're not in a room where my customers are. I could imagine turning off the air conditioning and turning down the heat in the winter time. You haven't been here in the winter yet, I think, John. But uh, the heat's kind of important. Um, <laughs> yeah, just 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 a venture, right? I mean, yeah. there's there are. I mean, you've looked at this this research, John, and you know that there's now this sort of and you're much younger than me you're a different you're a younger generation than I am in, in economics when i was growing up when i was a when i was a young economist minimum wages reducing employment was a given you didn't actually have to write studies on them what happened <laughs> right well i think a lot of it goes back uh to the 1980s actually um that's uh, in the late 1980s the uh, various states around the us started to uh raise their minimum wages above the federal level um, and because you had different states raising at different different times and different levels, uh, that did provide you know a, a real um, really rich area for for economists to study in. And I think, as you know, you know, academic economists are always looking for something to study, um, something kind of new, a bit novel. Because then there's a lot of academic research out there from economists, and you've always got to try and find something new. Um, and I think you know the, the minimum wages that were that were being passed statewide uh, in the late 1980s into the early 1990s um, were you know a fantastic opportunity for economic researchers to to tackle this. Um, the Cardin Kruger study, which is you know, one of the big things in all this, 1994 I think that was, um, and the New Jersey restaurant workers. Um, but I think that, that's to some extent why there is uh, well, on one hand why, why there was such an explosion in this. Um, but also, there's also the, this kind of counterintuitive idea of uh, efficiency wage theories. Um, and I've, I think these had always been there. I think to some extent, they're there in some Keynesian interpretations, which is the idea that wages can be in some sense artificially high. Um, so that when someone like me says, well, you know, the wage will be set by, or the, an upper bound on the wage will be set by the employer's estimate of the worker's product, uh, contribution to revenue, um, these efficiency wage theories might seem to suggest otherwise. Uh, in actual fact, I don't think they do. All they do is suggest why the, rate, why the wage might bump up against that estimate. But they don't suggest why they're going to be over it, because that, I think, would be a logical impossibility. Right, right. John, let's take a break here. We'll come back and, and, and continue the conversation. We're visiting with John Phelan from the Sunday American Experiment, their newest, their newest uh, I think, newest hire, uh, an economist uh, uh, working for them, written a great piece about, about the minimum wage in Seattle and what it has to say for Minneapolis. But undaunted, you know, they, they persisted and they voted for this thing. And, 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 and after this break, John, we're going to play for you some music. And, man, if you haven't heard this yet, you're going to love it. Be back after this King Banyan Show, Business 1440. Tap rooms everywhere use words like resinous and mouthfeel to describe flavor nuances. That's nice. We've got 32 craft beers on tap, and we think they all taste a lot better in the sunshine. Saints Baseball tonight at 7.05 with Gatsby Night, presented by Discount Tire. You can also get Tropical on Treasure Island Saturday. Saints Baseball at CHS Field. Take me out with the crowd. Tickets at saintsbaseball.com. When you have sleep apnea, traveling can be a real drag because you have to drag your big, bulky home CPAP device with you everywhere you go. But not anymore. Now you can travel easily and sleep comfortably anywhere thanks to Transcend, the world's very first mini CPAP. And right now, you can try Transcend absolutely risk-free for 10 restful nights. So call now, 1-800-915-9272. Our smallest and most advanced portable design ever, Transcend is as small as a soda can and weighs less than a pound. 
You can even add a battery that's as tiny as a deck of cards. Transcend is so incredibly small and light, you can easily fit it in your briefcase or purse to use anywhere you go. It's FAA compliant, too, so you can even sleep comfortably while flying. Now you can enjoy the freedom to sleep comfortably anywhere. But don't delay. To receive your 10-night in-home trial, call miniCPAP.com now. 1-800-915-9272. Again, that's 1-800-915-9272. Back to doing what I love and more. When you're in pain, you need the Good Feet Store. Don't suffer from foot pain, sore ankles, tired legs, achy back and hips, or sore knees. Go to the Good Feet Store for your no-obligation custom fitting and immediately feel the difference. The Good Feet Arch Support System is designed to put your feet in an ideal position, redistribute body weight more evenly, and help relieve pain and stress. With over 350 styles and sizes to relieve your pain. Michael Medved here, and I love my Good Feet Arch Support System so much that I got my younger brother to get one too. The best gift to give is pain relief, right? So call 855-554-3338 and give the gift of comfort, balance, and support with a Good Feet Store gift certificate. Call Goodfeet at 855-554-3338. Visit one of the three Goodfeet locations, Bloomington, Maple Grove, and the brand new store in Maplewood. Thanks to the Goodfeet store. Since 2009, the S&P 500 index is up over 250%. Have your investments done that well? It's time to consider a new approach. Online Trading Academy uses a rules-based strategy so you can trade just like Wall Street and enjoy the returns you deserve. Call OTA at pound 250 on your cell phone for a free investing workshop or register at learnwithota.com. Online Trading Academy. Radio! Son, you gotta work late. Sometimes. All right. Welcome back, King Banyan Show. This is 1440. Visiting with John Phelan from the Senate America Experiment. Had a great piece Thursday in the Star Tribune about the minimum wage increase that that they persisted and voted for. And and John, I don't know if you've heard this yet, but um, Keith Ellison, I don't know if you live in his district or not. I don't know where you're living down in the Twin Cities, but you he might be your representative. Did you know that he's a physician too? Uh, I didn't know. Okay, and, and, I, and as I recall from our conversation, you also have a, a music background, so you could actually critique <laughs> this. Let's, like he, he's happy about this minimum wage increase, and he actually wrote a little song. Yeah, hey, Keith. What you doing, man? I'm just hanging out, celebrating this win. What's the news, brother? We just passed $15. 15 what? $15 minimum wage. Hey, man, I've been marching for my 15. Getting paid now, that's what I mean. I need money. That's what I want. Things in life are free, but you can give them to the birds and the bees. I need money. That's what I want. Yeah, I need money. That's what I want. Fifteen dollars will do. We gotta get paid, y'all. Thanks for marching. Thanks to the city council. Fifteen dollars. That's awesome. I'm so proud of you guys. You keep it up. We're gonna fight here in Washington. You guys are fighting there in Minneapolis. We're fighting all over the country so the American people can get a raise. Thank you very much for your struggle. It's awesome, and let's go get it. John, uh, John Phelan, your analysis and critique of the musical gift of Keith Allison. Wow. Um, well, <laughs> 
Uh, all I can say is that, uh, you know, music's loss is uh, politics loss as well. Yeah, yes, I think so. Uh, I, I, I always... Go ahead. That's, that song, it's, uh, it's Money by, I believe, Barrett Strong. I think it was the first record released on the Motown label. Um, and if you listen to the lyrics, um, it's, it's kind of the, not a song I would have chosen. Um, you know, it's a, kind of a materialistic song. Um, you know, not, 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 wouldn't, have been, wouldn't have been my choice, no. <laughs> oh, well, well it, wasn't the right, it, it wasn't the right vehicle for the message he wanted to give. But the message he wanted to give was basically, hey, that's great. Keep up the struggle. And, I, you know, I, it's interesting that we call that struggle. I, I you know, yeah. when two people negotiate to, uh, to enter into an employment contract, that that's somehow a struggle um, is, a, is a view of the world that's kind of different from mine. Uh, uh, anyway, um, anyway, uh, anyway, and by the way, the, 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 your musical reference, uh, knowledge was, was, it was analyzed. John is, uh, my, uh, John producer, John is, um, our musical, um, our musical specialist here on the King Banyan show and you got an A from him. So, um, <laughs> as, as I, as I was pretty sure you would, uh, anyway, I is pretty sure, you know, so, so staring it up having this difference between the five five and the seven john for me the the question about this has always been if you're keith ellison and you find out that there are businesses that don't have to pay 15 dollars for seven years aren't you in fact going to be upset about this i mean i mean why should the people in the struggle have to wait seven years to get their their money um well it's it's an excellent point um very little of it makes sense to me um, the you know, the approach that these people take. I mean, this idea that uh, it's a struggle, you know. I mean, there seems to be this idea that um, a price, you know, a price of, might be $9.50 an hour, because a wage is just a price for labor. And if the price is $9.50 an hour, some people think, well, why not just make it something else? Or why not just make it something else? You know, like it's the temperature on a thermostat. Um, but what they don't realize is that, you know, it's not pri- pri- prices are generated by economic forces. They're the outcomes of economic forces. They're not set by one person. Uh, they're set by everybody who's in an economy interacting, the decision, you know, the outcomes of those decisions, uh, the impacts of those decisions. Um, so, I mean, I, I think I wrote somewhere that uh, it was borrowing Milton Friedman's old phrase about trying to fight inflation with uh, wage and price controls. It's like trying to slow down your car by taping down the needle on the speedometer. You know, it, it, it doesn't deal with the underlying forces. Yes. Yes. I haven't heard that one in a long time. Thanks. I appreciate that. It's true, though. I mean, I mean, it is it is it is true that, that, that you know, wait, you know, I tell people, you know, when I tell when I tell my students, you know, prices are a byproduct. Uh, they hmm. say, what do you mean? They're a byproduct. I mean, when we see us, when we see a price for something, that's actually the result of thousands, millions of bargains that have been struck between yeah. a supplier and a demander. And and. It, it 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 just doesn't make it, it doesn't make sense to think of it any other way. Um, so, John, what, I mean, you add to this the fact that uh, today is the day that uh, uh, paid sick leave goes to infect as an ordinance in both Minneapolis and in St. Paul. So, that's going to add six days of paid leave uh, for each worker, regardless of the size of your business. I believe I don't believe they have a a block on that. What do you predict that happens to Minneapolis and, to a lesser extent, St. Paul as a result of this? Well, one thing that you've seen a lot of small business owners say um, during this debate, um, because all these sick leave things do is they raise the cost of employment to, uh, you know, to an employer. And so you know, they will have the same effect as you know, the minimum wage will, they'll, they'll reduce demand for labor by making it more costly. And I think what, what you'll see happen with uh, in Minneapolis, and it's something, as I say, that small business owners have been quite clear on, they'll look at neighboring cities. I mean, some of them can just, it'll take time because you can't just, you know, liquidate a restaurant and move overnight. But as leases come up, um, things like that, you know, as, as perhaps things wear out in the restaurants, um, people will start to look down the road to where they're in a different place, maybe Richfield or somewhere like that. And uh, they'll shift down the road and they'll shift away from uh, these sorts of laws. So you'll see a sort of employment displacement effect, um, really. Um, and Minneapolis will, will suffer. I remember, John, when I first started reporting about this on the show, that there was some provision that if you came from outside of Minneapolis, 
where you're paying less than that minimum wage that when you, while you that person was in Minneapolis you had to raise their wage is that still in the ordinance I believe there's something in the ordinance that says that if you work for 2 hours out of the week in Minneapolis you have to be covered by it um which is I mean the, the thing is these laws minimum wage laws they do go back quite a long time you know century or more um you know Australia I think had the first ones um, and they, they kind of related to when production was a lot more fixed than it was now. People back then, they worked on farms, and farms don't move very much, and you have to go where the cows are. Um, factories, they don't move, and you have to go where the factories are. But people these days, I mean, they move, they move around a lot. They work different places, you know. You walk into a caribou coffee almost anywhere, uh, and you'll see you know people with their laptops flipped open, you know, skyping, having work conferences, doing putting presentations together on PowerPoint or whatever, you know. And increasingly, to, to talk about these workplaces as centralised, you know, employment hubs, um, it's not really true. So labour is very mobile, a lot more mobile now than it was, um, which actually has uh, it nullifies the the effect of the minimum wage even more. You know, amplifies the uh, the harmful effects because it doesn't mean that people can just relocate far more easily away from where these wages are set. Yeah, so, so um, I mean, I heard this story from a, a local business up here that does uh, same-day delivery of packages um, into the mm. Twin Cities from St. From Cloud. They now will have to keep track of how long their driver is in Minneapolis. And then, because I think their drivers probably make, they probably make somewhere in twelve, thirteen dollars an hour, and it won't bother them for a few years. They've got some time to, to before they have to do this. But at some point, they may have to actually clock their time in the in the Twin Cities, um, and and uh, and then and then pay them the 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 bonus uh, as a result of that. I, I I just think I think this is an absolute disaster for mobile workers as as you point out. Hey John, I've got time for only one more question with you today, but and it's this. Um, what does this do to the larger debate within the state? The state moved to a nine fifty moved to a higher minimum wage than the federal law a few years ago when uh, when the uh, when the DFL was in control of both the legislature and the governor's mansion. Um, is this a way to try to pressure them to move the entire state to um, to fifteen? Well, one of the uh, Minneapolis councilmen said after the vote yesterday that they hoped St. Paul and surrounding cities uh, would adopt a $15 minimum wage as well. Well, of course they do, because, uh, you know, then it will make the businesses less likely to leave. Um, yes. But one, of the thing, but, but one of the things about this is that, and it pains me to say it, because, uh, you know, I, I've, I've moved 4,000 miles to Cecilia. You know, I love this place. I think the people here are wonderful. Uh, and it's people who, it's those people who will suffer from this. You know, and, and suffer they will, I'm sad to say. Uh, and it didn't mean to be like this, you know. Um, and when you, well, one thing that it will do for the, for the statewide debate um, is that it will offer some evidence in the same way that Seattle um, has now offered evidence. And you talked um, a little while ago about the, uh, you know, profusion of minimum wage studies that there's been in recent years. Um, as I say in the editorial, uh, the two economists, Newmark and Washer, who, who surveyed the uh, the entire 20 years of that um, some time ago in their book Minimum Wages, and they show that all these you know, all the outcomes of what standard economic theory would, would predict, you know, employment lower, pay lower, um, and Minneapolis is going to become another data point, like Seattle's just become another data point. Um, and in the context of the statewide debate, people elsewhere, you know, Rochester, Duluth, St. Paul, will look at will be able to look at this and say. Maybe not such a good idea. Yeah, well, we, we certainly uh, certainly hope so. I hope that's true. John, I w- thank you. Uh, we, we really appreciate the time. I look forward to uh, more of your editorials and, uh, and publications from the Center of the American Experiment. Uh, and I think we can find you at AmericanExperiment.org. You can find mm-hmm. the, the editorial there or find it at the, uh, at, on the Star Tribune's website still as well. Uh, great work. Uh, really appreciate it. Thank you, John, and, uh, and have, a, have a great weekend. You too. Thanks for having me on. Okay, you bet. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440.
know that there has never been a better time for Americans to visit Europe? The dollar is strong against the euro, airfares are historically low, and the vacation choices are better than ever, thanks to the amazing portfolio of tours from world-class tour operator Globus. Whether you're dreaming of sipping wine in the Mediterranean, exploring the fantastic fjords and terrain of Norway, or enjoying a pint in an authentic Irish pub, Gravel Leaders Apple Valley can help you take the tour of your dreams. Call us today at 952-432-6272. That's 952-432-6272. And ask how you can save 10% on your next European getaway. Spend a week in Europe for as little as $1,300 plus airfare. What are you waiting for? Call us today at 952-432-6272. That's 952-432-6272. Or online at travelleaders.com slash MN. If you're sick of living paycheck to paycheck, listen up. This is Preston Neely, and I'm about to blow your mind. You want to know the big difference between you and the rich? It's not your job. It's not your skills. It's not your education. Here's the truth. Rich people make money in real estate, and it's not rocket science. Let me prove it by sending you a free copy of my smash hit selling book, How to Get Rich in Real Estate. Just call 1-800-973-9246. I used to be so broke, I had my electricity shut off nine times. But I figured out a simple way to make money in real estate that doesn't require any cash, credit, or even manual labor. Now I'm living the dream, and I can show you how. Listen, here's the other thing about rich people. They don't pass up the deal of a lifetime, and neither should you. My book sells online for $19.95, but I'm giving away free copies now. Call right now to find out how to get your free copy while this offer lasts. Call 1-800-973-9246. That's 1-800-973-9246. 1-800-973-9246. Hi, this is Lee with the Kingdom Builders. We just wanted to let you know, this year we have a dedicated gutter crew. They're a couple of great guys, but I'm a little biased. Before they were part of our team, they were cleaning my gutters at home. Hi, I'm Jacob, and I'm Lee's son. Hi, I'm Matthew, and I'm Lee's son-in-law. As you can see, we're keeping it all in the family. I know they'll do a good job for you. Here at Kingdom Builders, we're here to keep you off your ladder and off your roof. So even if you already have gutters, we'd love to come by and install gutter covers for you. We have all sorts of colors and styles to match your current roof. We'd love the opportunity to give you a free estimate on gutters or gutter covers to keep your gutters clean. Hi, this is Eric with the Kingdom Builders Roofing. Call our dedicated gutter team today at 612 612- or look us up online at thekingdombuilders.net And remember, we're not salesmen, we're just great gutter installers. wonderful economic analysis today also um for calling out this song for what it actually is it's kind of an odd choice that uh, keith ellison made um again uh, no don't play it again i'm done with it i just i i i can't do it anymore i can't i can't listen we'll to save it, that so. for mitch later <laughs> yeah yeah you can listen to mitch berg at uh, one o'clock is he in today as far as i know he is Okay, holiday weekend, Mitch Berg, uh, one one to three over on our sister station, AM twelve A, the Patriot. Uh, give that clip to him and let him uh, let him have at it. I'm sure, I'm sure it will be hilarious. And if and if he is in fact contemplating taking the weekend off, I might send that to him and say, I hope you're here because this needs this needs the Mitch Berg touch. Especially Mitch as a serious musician will especially get a kick out of it. I think. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was good. Yeah, it actually, it turned out uh, uh, in my visit with uh, with John that uh, he played in a band too that actually was um, 
had, a, had did a little bit of touring and and so he's he's he i mean his his musical background's legit um so I, I so i wanted to make sure um i was glad to get his uh his take on that um anyway was was very uh very uh wonderful uh to have him here it's just let me see if i can explain some of that conversation might be you might be a little confused by the conversation about different types of studies. It's true. Economists, and, and if you've ever read the, the Freakonomics stuff um, that, that uh, Steve Levitt and Stephen Dubner have done, um, you know that uh, basically economists will take a pile of data. They will see something, in, they'll see a, a set of data and then go, what question could I answer with that data? Rather than saying what questions are important and what data do I need to answer it, they go the other way. And it's true of many economists. It's become kind of an industry. I'm going to look for a neat piece of data and then figure out, figure out how to present it in a way that it answers a question that I'm interested in. And I don't. And, and for me, that's not necessarily the right way to do economics. I, I want to do it. You know, I want to develop a theory. And then say, is that theory testable? And if it's testable, then I want to say, does the data exist for me to, to do that? And if the answer is yes, great, I'm off into the races. If the data is not there, I ask, is there a way that I can, is there a way in which I could generate that data? And that could be through using surveys. That could be by by doing experiments where I actually, where I'm actually trying to measure people's reactions in a controlled setting. Um, there's a whole field of experimental economics that's arisen around this. But frankly, what's happened in, in economics for me, it, for me is we have lots of different techniques. Econometrics has just gone kind of, which is the application of statistics to study economic questions, has sort of gone in this, this way of trying to find really interesting data sets. Now, what's interesting about it in this particular case for the two studies that John and I were discussing in the previous two segments is the, the study that the, that the economists at Berkeley did, the one that got hired after the folks, after the city council and mayor in Seattle had seen the preliminary results of the Washington study, which they didn't like because it said you're you're harming the people you said you're going to help. Okay, so they said, ooh, flawed methodology. It must be a flawed methodology. We must be right, and the study must be wrong. But what you have to understand is, in the process of writing the contract for the University of Washington to do the study, they actually opened up state of Washington data so they could look at individual pay records and actually record what happened to the wage, what happened to their hours. That is not, in fact, what the study in Berkeley did because they didn't have time to give the Berkeley people the same data
You're listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Keep it right here as King analyzes the economic impact of sand traps and water hazards. KYCR Golden Valley, a service of Salem Communications. Does your family believe in the power of a private school education? Are you looking into sending your child to a private school next year? Hi, Alyssa here with Business 1440, and we want to help your family by covering half of your child's first year of private school with our half-off tuition program. This is a program we have had for five years now, helping many families get into the school of their dreams. This isn't financial aid. This is for everyone. Don't pay more than you need to for your child's first year of private school. For more information about the program, or if you would like to see a full list of partnering schools, visit our website at TwinCitiesTuitions.com. TwinCitiesTuitions.com is here to help you in your search for a new school with a great interactive map that will show you all of our partnering schools closest to you. And it even has frequently asked questions about the program, like why you should choose Christian education. Visit TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. Message and data rates may apply. Dear Southern New Hampshire University, thank you for making my mommy so happy. Because of SNHU, Daddy does his homework with me. Mommy and me are going to school. We both learn a lot. Now you can get that degree you've always wanted without sacrificing precious family time. Introduce yourself to Southern New Hampshire University. Our high-quality online programs are designed for people like you, busy adult learners who want to improve their careers on their own terms. Get degree information and see how to apply online by texting CAM33 to 554433. Our personalized online approach provides all the individual flexibility, support, and encouragement needed every step of the way. And because we're nonprofit, our tuition is amongst the lowest in the country. Thanks, SNHU. Great job, Mommy. Take the first step. Get degree information and see how to apply online by texting CAM33 to 554433. Southern New Hampshire University. See yourself succeed. Text CAN33 to 554433. Have you heard of the summer slide? Well, it's not as fun as it sounds. In fact, it's impacting our children's education and not in a good way. Studies show that most students lose two months' worth of math skills during summer vacation. Thankfully, Mathnasium Learning Centers are here to prevent learning loss and help kids get ahead. With over 600 locations worldwide, we're breaking the summer slide trend. Visit Mathnasium.com today to find the center nearest you. Classroom football success from high school to Penn State to the NFL. I'm John Urschel, guard for the Baltimore Ravens, and I have a master's in mathematics. Math has taught me to think logically, helping me excel on and off the field. The thing is, most kids aren't taught math in a way that makes sense to them. This is why I partner with Mathnasium Learning Centers. They give kids the direction and support needed to master math. Call 877-601-MATH or go to mathnasium.com. It's the King Banyan Show, where you'll be subjected to the likes of Joan Armitrading, Captain Beefheart, and Janet Yellen on Business 1440. Would I say there will never, ever be another financial crisis? You know, probably that would be going too far, but um, I do think we're much safer, and I hope that it will um, not be in our lifetimes, and I don't believe it will be. Think Seattle's in control of the internet. <laughs> because they seem not to like us uh, having a, a good feed today. Thank you for bearing with us here, King Banyan Show. Business 1440. Um, hopefully, this is just one of those one week um, stuff breaks sort of thing. Um, we'll work on it. Appreciate it. Um, Anyway, I've now completely lost the place where I was with that, with, with where I, when we went off the air. I think we were talking about about the studies, the two studies. So let me brief. Let me not sure where you dropped off. So I'm just going to briefly recap the point. The data that the Berkeley people had was worse than the data that the Seattle that the Washington people had. Because the Washington folks had been had been contracted to do the study each year for five years, and they'd been given the proper data, right, which is to actually look at 
people who are actually affected by that wage and determine what where they're at and determine what happened to them and then and then so they get the and they give a preliminary result and say we're releasing the final results at the end of June and and the mayor and a couple of people in the city council are like oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god this is going to be terrible so they run off to a person who they know to be friendly to the minimum wages don't don't decrease employment viewpoint and say do us a study do it quick and according to Fox News a report on Fox News from Thursday that uh, that Don sent to us uh, through through Twitter, um, they had to have it done before. So before the C, before the Washington study come out, and while we don't know this, my guess is they had a copy of the Washington study or the preliminary report that was not yet public, so that they could they could in action in effect try to counter what they were hearing before. Um, before and, and told them you've got to have your study out before the before the final report comes public from the University of Washington. Now, before I became a dean here in the School of Public Affairs at Saint Cloud State, I ran the Research Institute, uh, which does reports much like the ones that we're discussing. I will say that for me, had that been what had come, had they come to us and asked us, and I don't, I'm pretty sure I would have had to go talk to my boss to say, is it okay for me to do this? Is it okay for me to do this report? And I guess it's probably fine. It's not, it's not necessarily unethical, but it's, it's a little bit sleazy. And to not at least admit in some point that their study, that the Berkeley study, did not have access to the same quality data that the Washington study had. Because I could tell you, to get the data that the Washington study had, they had to go through a lot of hoops to get their, to get their uh, Department of Employment, uh, uh, of, of, of employment and, and Jobs to give them that data. They had to go through a lot of hoops, sign a signed disclaimers promise never to release this data because it's it's personal private data it's not it's not data that you and I can get and so but it's the right data and and you know again uh, in full disclosure I know I don't know him well but we, we've been on a panel together uh, uh, Professor Vigder um, at, at the University of Washington who led that group that did the Washington study I've watched him in action. We've been on a panel together. He presented a paper. I presented a paper. I thought his paper was pretty high quality work. Um, so I'm, I, you know, and, and and he's just trying to do the best he can. And so people are criticizing it. Well, you didn't include multi-state employers. No, but we surveyed because we couldn't figure out who was working where from that from their data. But we surveyed them. Professor Vigder says, we surveyed them, and according to the survey we did, they were cutting back hours even more than the ones that are in our sample. So we actually think we underestimated the impact on income rather than overestimated the impact. But we can't prove that, and we didn't include it in the study. We only included in the study, you know, what's here, but since you asked me, I'm going to give you this answer. And and I think that I thought that was that that was a valuable point. So they've done the best they can with the study. Um, now the question is whether or not they can go back now. And my guess is the contract with the University of Washington has an out clause. I predict that the remaining years that they're studying this thing, they are probably going to lose that. But you know what? Good for them. This is the way. For me, as someone that ran a research institute and and supervises the the running of one now, this is how I want my work done. I want you to come to the honest answer and not shade it in any way. Good for them. The impact on the city of Minneapolis is pretty clear. Businesses are going to move over the border 
to work in other cities nearby Minneapolis. So yes, of course they want St. Paul to pass a minimum wage increase. What they will be doing, what their state representatives and state senators will be pushing for is a higher minimum wage for the entire state. And remember, this was this was all paved this was all paved by the fight over whether or not the state could pass a law saying cities may not pass minimum wage laws um, that are higher than the state minimum wage. They tried to put that in. That's the bill that, that Governor Dayton vetoed in the special session, along with lots of other things. But this was the thing that they hated. And so they wanted this, and you've heard... You've heard uh, 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 Representative Ellison, Congressman Ellison, you know, woohoo, this is all great. It's going to be wonderful. Well, when you're when the people you tried to help are getting an, a $125 a month less income because their hours have been cut and they have shorter breaks and they get less training and they work in in worse conditions because the heat's turned down in the winter and the air conditioning is not is not running as hard in the summer because we have to figure out a way to pay the bills. Will anybody remember to go back and 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 ask Congressman Ellison, what song are you playing for us now? I doubt it. I sincerely doubt that he's gonna that that he will ever pay a price for for thinking somehow that folks in the struggle know better than markets what folks should be paid. But that is, in fact, what they've decided. So I'm hoping you get away for, for a good weekend. I hope you have a, a, a great 4th of July. Uh, we'll, be have, we'll be having a fine time up here. Um, you know, since we now can determine what minimum wages are and, and also uh, whether or not you can buy liquor on Sunday... Um, next thing, fireworks. Hope you, hope you have a chance to spend time with your families. We'll be back here next week on Job Saturday on the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Thank you very much. Tune in to Investing for Success with Mark Pearson every day for your dose of dollars and cents. Dollars and Cents is our daily segment that takes a candid look at what makes no sense, what's a bunch of nonsense, and how to use a little common sense when it comes to investing and financial matters. We look at the full spectrum of today's hottest topics, from investments to insurance, college payments to major purchases. Dollars and Cents digs into the no sense, the nonsense, and the common sense so you can make better sense of it all. Get the answers to your important questions, gain some financial peace of mind, and have some fun. It's Dollars and Cents with Mark Pearson during Investing for Success from 4 to 5 p.m. every day right here on Business 1440, the Wall Street Business Network. That's Investing for Success with Mark Pearson every day from 4 to 5 p.m. on Business 1440 on the Wall Street Business Network. From the initial visit to follow-up after install, New Windows for America has been a first-class operation. Never had any problems getting a hold of someone. When I did call, they acted right away, as if I was the only customer they had, which I know is not the case. Thanks for the great experience. I will be doing the rest of my windows with you when the time comes. That's a written testimonial from Thomas, just one of nearly 5,000 positive references from New Windows for America's customers. You get the best warranty in the replacement window business with lifetime warranties on parts and frame, glass breakage, glass seal failure, and service labor. New Windows for America's triple-pane Minnesota window is the same price as most others' double-pane windows. Great value, great service, and great energy savings. You deserve new windows and doors. Google New Windows for America today and get a free estimate. That's New Windows for America. New Windows for America. 
Good day, eh? Welcome to our show. Hey, good day to you too, Ozer. It's a wet one out there, and with all this water, you know what that makes me think of? Yeah, you don't have to water your lawn? Well, that's a good thing too, but no, really, all weather pools and hot tubs from Premier Pool and Spa. Yeah, some of the bridges may be out, but you can still get to the showroom and see all of them right here in Chanhassen, eh? You know, some places they don't let you get into the tubs, but getting into the tubs right on the showroom floor at Premier Pool and Spa is not only okay, it's recommended. Yeah, how do you know if you'd like the feel of it if you never sat in one, eh? You know, Arctic is truly a cold weather spa, and the winter right now is the furthest thing from our minds, but it's just what these spas are truly made for. Yeah, Hoser, they're built for the cold and easy on your wallet too, eh? Do you know it's better to pay up front instead of for the next 20 years? Yeah, because that's how long an Arctic spa can last. Save on all the Arctic spas today. Visit Premier Pool in Chanhassen today. PremierPools.com Premier Pools and Spa, where we take fun seriously, eh? PremierPools.com Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.